0: So, hi everyone. I want to welcome you to the first ever episode of the Tara Santos podcast. It was formerly going to be called Tempered Glass, but rethought that a little bit. And today joining me is Ryan Miracle with Ruoff Mortgage. Hello, hello. And he's a big technical guy. So he was helping me do a lot of setups today. <laughs> like we were supposed to record a thing about an hour ago. So it's been a, a process. It, it's now.
1: been a process, but I'm a big AV yeah. nerd from way back. So this stuff I love doing.
0: Yeah, no, well, I really appreciate it because we would not be recording right now if it wasn't Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan is, well, first, Ryan, just tell me your background. Tell everyone who you are. You work for Ruoff, but, yeah. you know, give them a little bit about you.
1: Yeah. So once again, thank you for having me on. So me, I am a marketer. I love marketing. It's I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't play football. I don't watch football. So if I'm not dating or husbanding or working, I am learning the newest and greatest marketing thing. So I love marketing, which is where you and I connected. Yeah. Mortgage lender. I have been in real estate for, this will be my 18th year. Work for a Ruoff Mortgage. Subsequently, we are the number one purchase lender in the Midwest. So very proud of that. Yeah. And then, what does that
0: mean? Purchase lender. What's the difference? Like, well, what are we talking about?
1: So you have, so you have refinances and purchases. Basically, if you're an agent watching, you understand that you have buyers and then sellers. For us, we don't have sellers; we have buyers helping people buy houses yeah. for the first time or refinances. So for Ruoff, we don't focus a ton on refinances. We can yeah. do them, but. We focus a lot on purchases because as a lender, if you focus a lot on refinances, you are subject to when rates are high or low. So like right right. now, there's not many refinances going on. COVID. Yeah, exactly. COVID. I was working 70 hours a week and I couldn't work fast enough doing refinances. But we are a purchase-focused lender. We want to help people get in houses we Will help them with a the refinance or an upgrade of their loan, but that's not what we focus on. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. So, for everybody out there looking uh, to buy a new home, Ryan's your guy. Thank you. So, and that's how Ryan and I connected. So, as you may or may not know, I work for Rockford Homes and have been selling new homes for 23 years. And Ryan actually used to sell new homes. I did. Right. I so, did. tell us about that. <laughs>
1: So real estate was not in the grand design. It was, I backed into it like a lot of us do.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I started off, I went to school, Ohio Northern, and I really wanted to be a graphic designer because yeah. I, I love computer art and mm-hmm. those kind of things. But stupid me, I didn't figure out how much they made until after I got out of school. Yeah. So I realized I was going to be getting coffee and running errands for about 10 years before I actually made any money. Yeah. So... I took a job right out of college selling furniture. Across the street was a new build neighborhood. And as soon as, well, not as soon as, but just a couple of weeks after working there, the salesperson from that community came over and I took her as my up, my lead. And then instead of selling her a couch, we sat there and talked for like three hours about what she does. So not too long after that, I went to go work for the builder and yeah. then was there through 2008, got laid off, went to lending after that. Um, they
0: were and, laying off salespeople.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> nobody
0: ever lays off salespeople. That was, it was dire times in 2008. If you weren't yeah. in the business, I was, and yes, it was dire. It times. was, it was
1: not fun. Yeah. So like there was one neighborhood that I was selling in that we couldn't give away the houses, yeah. like $50,000 realtor bonuses. And like right now, well, you no one have, could buy, right? You don't you have to give away a microwave little... right now. No, no, no. But back then, we couldn't give away houses. So um, during that time, uh, the builder that I was working for was going through a PR kind of storm. So that didn't help either. So I was a junior salesperson at that point, so I got let go. Mm -hmm. But it worked out the way that it was supposed to. It always does. And then switched into lending and have been doing that since. So that was 2009 when I switched over to lending. So I'm almost a decade in.
0: But that's cool because you've been on both sides now.
1: Yeah. Right? So yeah. you
0: know what the agents are going through, uh-huh. what the builders are going through. It's and a unique perspective. Yeah. You yeah. got both sides covered, which is, and the client. I mean, you've obviously bought your own business. Yeah, so you got all three yeah. bases covered. That's which, right. Which is good, which is good. Okay. So fast forward. So you went, where, where? who were you with first? Who was your first lender? Chase. Oh, you're with Chase. Okay. Yeah,
1: the mega office over. Central Ohio. Yeah,
0: Polaris. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So there it is. Like twenty five thousand employees
1: in there, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's like a, second, a city. Huh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've been in Very there. Very much so. Okay. So you were at Chase, and now you're at Ruoff. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys specialize in? I know it's purchases, but what do you like to do? Like, who's who's your ideal client?
1: So there's 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 a couple of things there. So what we really focus on is just the efficiency, not making mistakes, and We we have some weird programs to handle like bank statement loans if someone's self-employed or um, someone coming over with um, kind of odd citizenship. We can do those kind of loans, but it's not what we focus on. So we focus on never missing and closing as fast as possible. Which you're known for, right? Yes.
0: Your team. Yes. Yes.
1: We we very much appreciate a fast close. Uh, We try to be the smallest footprint out of the whole transaction of someone buying a house. Yeah, which has actually hurt us. We're getting less reviews now than we ever have because they don't realize what we've done. Yeah,
0: they don't. They think everybody works that fast, Uh Yeah, but
1: that's okay. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that that's definitely helped. Ideal client, we like working with families, and really more than anything, there's three criteria. We want someone to be happy, helpful, and hungry.
0: Okay.
1: We don't want to work with jerks.
0: No, that's nobody likes that. No, yeah.
1: (laughs) We want them to be happy. So, like, I don't – well, I just said happy. We want them to be helpful. So I don't want to have to beg them for things.
0: Right, documents and, yes. and, and things, yeah.
1: And then the hungry part comes in with making offers on houses. So one of the biggest changes that we've had with kind of this shift in the market is, like, people are not the, – the people who wanted to buy when rates were, like, 2 and 3%, they could. Yeah. But now, since the market has changed, the people that need to buy are the ones that are actually out. Buying right now, mm-hmm. so the people who are interested have moved on.
0: The yeah. people who have
1: intent are still here. So we want someone who is hungry and actually needs this done. Yeah. So their motivation is super high versus eh, if it happens, it happens. We don't yeah. Like, we don't. I like mean, learning. we
0: have a lot more serious buyers in the yes, market. Yeah. If they're out, it. they're they're serious because yeah. nobody's out shopping.
1: No. No window shopping with
0: seven percent interest rates. No. If it's just yeah. So. Okay. Well, before we get into the market, because that is going to be what we're going to talk about later, I just want to learn more about you Mm -hmm. because, you know, just behind the scenes where I am. So what's the last TV show that you binged? That says a lot about a person or what, or that you liked if Uh, it wasn't like a series and you had a binge. Well, uh, I mean, what's something that's popping up?
1: So I don't do TV shows too often. So my wife and I, we are Complete introverts. We don't go out on the town. We don't do that kind of thing. So our version of a date night is DoorDash sending the kids upstairs at about like seven o'clock and us watching something. Our show. So the series, to your question that we finished most recently, was Ted Lasso. Oh Ted Lasso. I
0: I think I've seen a few episodes. Yeah, we didn't get through it, but
1: the writing on that is really good. Yeah. I mean, we'll start series and then get bored with them and move on. So like we watched the original Game of Thrones, like three times all the way through. Yeah. So that, that's always a staple. Um,
0: No, Ted Lasso is good. I just, I think it was, that was right after COVID it came out, right? Yeah. I think I started, but then, you know, COVID was, everything was haywire. So I I didn't get all the way in, but the first several episodes, they're funny. He's funny. Oh yeah. It's great. What's his name?
1: Uh, Jason Sudeikis.
0: Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. okay, so Ted Lasso, is that running right now? How many seasons? No,
1: they just finished up season three, and we waited until the end of season three before we started season three. We yeah. We watch it all the way through. But, uh, yeah, we were very sad to see it ended, but, I mean, y- you know this as the marketing person you are. You want to leave them wanting more. Yeah, you, so they did. You don't want to pull Michael Jordan and retire after you're already on the down downslide.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So you're wanting more. I
1: want more. You're wanting more. I know more. I'm not going to get more. Oh, so
0: they're done. The are se- Oh, no more seasons. And no more time. Oh, okay, on, so. okay, okay. I want that yeah. I just watch, We. I don't really watch, because that's a big commitment. <laughs> but I did just watch, I didn't pick it, but my husband did, but that Oscar de la Hoya documentary. Really?
1: It's good. good. Okay.
0: I'm not a boxing fan either, but. Good story, though. Man, it was a good story. Okay, I'll check that out. And. Up. Surprisingly, I mean, something's not surprising, right? Like fame and money and he's 24 and he's the golden boy and you know what the story is going to be with that. But he ended up being like an amazing marketer. Really? He like, like unseated like Don King and the big promoters of the time to be like the best boxing promoter. And he owns like some company called like golden boy promotions. I mean, he promoted all of his own fights towards the end. And then he started just getting like, he got Pacquiao and all these other big fighters and he became like the boxer that turns promoter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cause he was like, I want to be the best like of that. And it was, it was a good, that's it awesome. was, so you would like it because would, of the marketing. I definitely
1: am interested now.
0: Yeah, so that's, and it's not too long, so you can get through it. All right, I love that. So next thing, and because I know you love marketing and I know you love what you do, but what superpower do you wish that you had, if you could pick any superpower, what would it be?
1: My kids ask me this at least once a week. Really? Yeah. Um,
0: you get kids into superheroes?
1: Spider-Man. They both love uh-huh. Spider-Man, especially the... Um,
0: the new one? The
1: Spider-Verse. Yeah. They love that. And it's, yeah. The story, once again, is amazing.
0: Yeah, it's good. They do a good job.
1: Um, so probably has to do with travel. So either flying or teleportation. I mean, strength is great, but once again, I don't want to crush a doorknob as I'm leaving yeah. or climbing walls. That'd be okay. But, like, just think about the efficiency that you'd have. Like, what do you guys want to do this weekend? You want to go to Disney? Okay, yeah. here we go. So I, I'd like the idea of being able to get from point A to point B as fast as possible.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. speed.
1: Yes. And so then it becomes very handy in the order you get.
0: Okay. I, I thought about this because I knew I was going to ask yeah. you. And I thought about, mine is not traditional. Okay. And I don't know why, but I I think it was because, so I'll tell you why I think that I like this as a superpower, even though it's not like a traditional superpower. But Mm -hmm. I would love to be not like, like mind control, but like the most efficient, best communicator that ever lived like so you could talk to anybody make them understand Uh like you know what i mean so not really like a mind control (laughs) not like a persuasion but just be like so like and it was because i think i watched like a grant cardone clip and he was like i'm teaching my kids homeschool, and and the teacher asked me what i want them to know and he's like i just want them to be good communicators because they can go out and do anything absolutely if they know how to do that and i thought he's absolutely right Uh and so i was like that would be what i would want my superpower like i would just want to be like in any language and any, you know what I mean. Just be able to uh-huh. just read what they need to hear to make them understand and be able to like get, communicate.
1: So that's either Professor Xavier from the X Men.
0: Okay, I'm not good with any he, he of the superheroes in the
1: wheelchair. Okay, okay can okay. read minds and those kind of things. Or do you remember the movie What Women Want with Mel Gibson?
0: Yeah, that's an older one. Boy,
1: that's the same thing. He gets struck by lightning, and now he can read thoughts. He can't convince anyone, but he can read thoughts. So he
0: knows exactly what they want to say. Yeah, Yeah. and then he makes him like, he wins at everything, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah, see, that's my superpower.
1: Very handy. See, that comes more with practicality versus being... Yeah,
0: you just want to like, I want to get across the world. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That's, that's more of a guy thing. All right, so we've talked a lot about books. And even with your training, which we're going to talk about later, but what is on your nightstand? What books, like, are you reading now? Or they're so good, like, I have books that I just always have on my nightstand because, like, I'll pick them up way more than once.
1: So I operate, operate a little bit differently. So I, I love marketing, but a lot of the stuff that I've learned has come from a problem that I've run into. Okay. Like, I can't figure out how to get a camera to work or I can't figure out how to, I'm, like, I'm stuck. In some point in my journey. So I start researching and find a podcast or a YouTube channel or something like that. But as far as books, two here recently. So one is Give and Take, and I can't remember the author. And then the second one that I'm on my third go-through with is called Oversubscribe. So the idea that kind of really caught me was having customers and agents stand in line to do business with me versus me having to run around and chase people and convince people to do business with me, creating such value that they're willing to wait 30 days patiently and not go anywhere else because they can't get what you have Mm. anywhere else. So that book is by Daniel Priestley, Oversubscribed. I picked it up from listening to Christo's podcast. And Christo is, uh, once again, a a hero of mine because he's a graphic designer that is also teaching business people how to be creative.
0: Okay. So, so what does he te- What like what do you love about him? Like when you watch, what what is it that hooks you?
1: He's looking at so a lot of like marketers talk about the KPIs and
0: the technical, the, like the, the, the te- data,
1: yeah, yeah. But they're looking at it from a CFO kind of perspective. Yeah. What Chris does is he teaches creatives how to be business owners, and so he's looking at it through a different lens, like he's more the nuance of persuasion and emotion and getting people to do and behave the way you want them to by understanding the psychology not necessarily mm-hmm. you pull this lever you get this result kind of thing it's yeah. more the persuasion and how do you human better
0: yeah yeah i like that i mean it's yeah the psychology behind uh-huh. marketing as well yeah that's that's what gets me too okay so so that that book you really liked oversubscribe, which mm-hmm. I have not read but I've heard you talk about it. So wow. I've got to get that one too. But that's kind of a common theme with a lot of the content creators and mm-hmm. and marketers is kind of like be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Be so they wanna actually unsubscribe from your <laughs> list. They're <laughs> like, if you're getting unsubscribed, that's a good thing. Oh yeah. Because if you're not, that means no no one's hearing from you. Exactly. So one of the one of the guys that I follow I can't remember who said this one, but He said, if someone, if you put up a post, just assume that nobody saw it. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if they liked it and commented on it, the next day, pretend that they didn't even see it because they see so much content. Absolutely. We are just flooded with content that it doesn't matter if we saw something we forgot about it a minute later, an hour later, the next day for sure. Yeah. That it's like, it didn't get in. So we're he's old like, old you old could fish. still post the same post the next day uh-huh. and nobody would even care because they forgot about it already.
1: Uh, oh, I, and even if they did see it, they're like, oh, I saw that one yesterday and move on. But you got 10 more people that didn't see it the day right.
0: before. Right. And that's what they're talking about. They're like The worst thing, that, that the biggest problem in your business is that nobody knows about your business. Uh-huh. It's not uh-huh. that like they don't like you or they don't want to do business. It's that literally nobody knows about your business. Yeah. He said, the worst thing for your business is to be invisible. And he goes, so you need to be, that's probably the same sentiment. I've read the book, but you need to be oversubscribed. You need to be sending out so much content, so many touch points. And what what were you talking about the other day? What did you call them? At the top of the funnel, which we're going to get into your thing in a minute. Contacts or connections. Yes. Right. Yeah.
1: But, yeah. Being able to pull the levers of urgency, scarcity, and emotion all at the same time, you have people salivating for what you want. And that idea is very attractive to me.
0: Yeah. I like it too. Yeah. That's the whole funnel idea, uh-huh. right? That's, that's what they talk about, which yeah, we're going to talk a more about that too. Okay. All right. So we know you're in mortgages. We know you've been in real estate for a long time. This is a question that everybody always asks, which is like, how is the market? The people that are in the business, that the people that aren't in the business want to know like what's your opinion of how the market is right now the real estate market the loan market all of that like what's what's your opinion
1: so i I think the days of easy money are over like the two percent interest rates we'll never see those again okay i think they only did that to spur on the economy and they did such a good job with it they just kept them low for way too long Mm -hmm. like they should have stopped the ultra low interest rate somewhere around like 2010 as things were kind of yeah adjusting but they kept them going all the way to 2021 but anyway so the real estate market is interesting and a lot of that has to do with where you're located so like if you look at california right now there's a mass exodus going on right now so property values are dropping oh and then you have places like columbus to where right now we have less than a million people in town and they're expecting that to be 3 million people by 2050. So if there's not enough houses now, yeah, what is that going to mean through, uh, in the next 25 years when we triple in population? So real estate itself is unique because it is specific to the location. It's not like you're mm-hmm. selling AirPods on Amazon. Right. right,
0: yeah. It's not a commodity. No. It, it is, but it's it's very like, Geo targeted, yeah,
1: like someplace like Los Angeles, they are capped between the ocean and the mountains and the desert and Mexico, landlocked, yeah. Yeah. So there's only so much further that they can go. But like, since we are in the heart of the Midwest, we're just spreading out. So Columbus is going to be massive.
0: And I tell everyone that comes in because I work for a builder and we obviously have a home shortage, yeah. That's why we see like apartments popping up on every corner, every corner, literally every corner of this city is a new apartment building and they're, they're on waiting lists. They are a hundred percent occupied. I mean, even just 2019, that was not the case. I mean, there was vacancies and they would run specials. There is, that is no such thing. I mean, my daughter, we were looking around and you're like, they're like, Oh, probably coming up in May and this was like October of last year, we might have an opening and their people are paying $3,000 a month for apartments. Bananas. It's crazy. Yeah. Like you can't even get a studio for less than 1600 bucks a month. And I'm like, it's because there's no houses. No. we got a lot of people. My first time home buyer is Mm 800,000 sometimes. And I'm like, wow. But that was not the case even no. four years ago. No, like, I, I mean, it's really changed. Not
1: at all. I mean, if, if you are a home builder or a contractor or a skill trade, you need to come to Columbus yeah. because you will have no shortage of work.
0: It Period. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. So I'm with you. It's but good job security, though. It is. but And people complain a little bit about the pricing going up, but we're still a value compared to like the California markets or these other markets. I mean, they'll come here seven, 800,000. It is a lot of money, but 3,000 square feet for that price is actually a value compared to a lot of other markets. Yeah.
1: And our cost of living is still really, I mean, outside of the inflation changes, it yeah. hasn't changed that much. No. So we're still relatively low cost, low taxes Yeah, compared to other places. So yeah. housing sucks, but
0: schools are great. I oh, mean, yeah. in Central Ohio, you go to some cities like St. Louis, nobody goes to public school in the entire city or suburbs. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes to private schools. Uh-huh. Here, that's not the case. I mean, it's, a, it's more rare, I think, to go to private or charter schools than public schools mm-hmm. in Central Ohio. So yeah, it's a good market. So you're pro making a purchase right now.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, what I mean, about if- the rates? So rates. Once again, you've heard the term, and it makes me want to throw up my mouth. I
0: know the you're going to say it. Oh, okay. I don't
1: think okay. <laughs> marry the house, date the rate. So, so there is some truth to that. Then once again, the marketer in me wants to vomit. But yeah. Okay, so you got to look at it this way, and the way that I usually phrase this with customers, so I don't have to say marry. Oh, the house, I've date, never really. said it. Is okay. So I just ask leading questions. All right. So. And I give them the stats. So there's less than a million people here now. There's going to be 3 million here by uh, 2050. Mm -hmm. Do we have enough houses right now? And I let them answer yes or no. The answer is always no. We don't have enough houses. Okay. If we're going to triple in population, what do you think that's going to do to housing prices between then and now? It's only going to go go one way. So in my professional opinion, it is better to lock in your purchase price now and then Get whatever you can, but try to get into the house as low as fees as possible.
0: Yeah.
1: Because we're just in an inflationary cycle right now. Hopefully it comes down sooner rather than later. But when it does, the way that they're going to turn on the economy again is by lowering interest rates, huh. which we don't want right now. The reason that we don't want that is because if we drop interest rates to 5%, what's going to happen to the inventory? A
0: rush yeah. on anything that's for sale. Uh,
1: then we're back to 40 offers on one house, which doesn't help any.
0: The only like, caveat to that when I hear people talk about that is, yeah, we'll have a lot more people going into the market, but you, we will get more people listing their properties So The inventory will come up because there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that are sitting on a two, two and a half, 2.75% rate uh-huh. that would sell. I mean, I would cash out, right? The market's good. It, right? But I'm like, I'm not going to go pay 7% for a house that's more expensive you know, when I don't need to move. Right. But there is like, well, I'm like, well, if rates came down into like the low, the high fours, you know, it's maybe into the fives, we buy mm-hmm. it down a little. I mean, maybe you would consider it. So I think our inventory would go up. I think we would see a little spike because I think there's those people that are like, oh, I, I'll do it. Right. What do you think?
1: I don't know. So like to piggyback on that, 45% of homes are mortgage-free. That's great. I oh, I was. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, who, who is it? Yeah. It's a lot it's of the, the boos, baby boomers. The greatest generation. Yeah. So they're sitting on just equity that they don't want to get rid of because to think you worked your whole life to pay off your house, you haven't paid off. And then to think about moving and then have a 7% interest rate and having a $400,000 mortgage.
0: It's crazy.
1: Yeah. That scares I mean, a lot of people off.
0: I have so many people in my neighborhood that mm-hmm. they're my neighbor, 80 years old, sweetest lady, husband passed away. Mm-hmm she's just hollering around in that 6,000 square foot house all by herself. But she's like, it's paid off. I'm a, where am I going? Yeah, exactly. I'm staying right here. You know, like paying the taxes is less than going to get a mortgage on something else. It's just crazy. I, I believe that yeah. there's a lot of people with paid off homes just sitting in just them.
1: Squatting on them. So, I mean, we'll have a release of inventory at some point when they start to age out, but that could be 10, 15 years from now. Yeah. So it's not going to be an immediate thing. Like my grandmother's 90 and they're trying to figure out what to do with her house. So like, my parents my wife's parents house is paid off yeah and they're not moving for nothing no
0: they're in yeah. <laughs> they're in deep they their their roots are deep okay all right because i think everybody always asks and you hear so many buyers that are like well we're just gonna wait for the interest rates to come down and i tell people all the time in the model i said listen if i had a dollar for every person that came into my model and said, "Oh, I wish that I would have. We were here in 2019. We were here in 2020, and the houses were only going for 500. And now the base price is 750. And uh-huh. I'm like, exactly. Why you don't wait for the rates to come down? Exactly. I said because exact... And I never say that. I'm not even going to say it on the pod. He already said the, the the quote that everyone says. <laughs> but I'm like, listen. You buy the house because it's never going to be less expensive than it is now, unless there's just some huge catastrophic economic meltdown like we had in 2007. Yeah, but I'm like, if that happened, this is what I tell people too. I said, look, you think that a real estate investor that's just gonna go swooping in there when the whole market crashes and buy a boat? I'm like, you're not, you're gonna be too scared. Just like everybody was in 2007 because I was in the market, you were in the market, nobody was buying anything. We could, like you said, we couldn't give houses away with 50,000 off. People are scared to death of losing their jobs, losing their retirement accounts, losing the, the stock market crashes. So, like, you won't buy anything. I'm like, so you need to buy now because the house prices are going to keep going up. And you can always So do you notice that, like, let's talk about Alex for a minute, like, when I read $100 million offers, or I've actually read Gym Launch, too, because we own a gym. Yeah. So it makes all of events it, very applicable, right? It's, it's It caters right to that. But it's so funny, because He is just a student of the same marketers, right? Like he quotes Russell, he quotes Uh, Dan Kennedy. A lot of his philosophies, I'm like, that's Dan Kennedy, right? It's just like old school, but it's really, like you said, it's kind of like taking it. And that's what I think makes someone like maybe like a little bit genius in implementing in in simplifying it so that like everybody can understand, right? And putting together like, what is my offer? Or like you said, Agents, a lot of real estate agents, they don't have systems, processes, a framework. You really, like, it's kind of a low entry point to get into real estate compared to other professions that you have such a high ability to earn. Right. I mean, almost anyone can take the classes and pass the test. If you can pass the test, you're a real estate agent. That's basically it. And you ha- there's a lot of income potential. Oh. Once you get into it, there's nothing. Nobody tells you anything. You're just kind of like left to sink or swim. And if you don't seek it out yourself or have a brokerage that has maybe a system in place, there just is a struggle.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much getting poked into swimming and then not, they're not qualifying you that to have skills in swimming.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Like, do you actually know how to swim, or we're going to get you into the pool, but yeah, like, yeah, so I don't know. So your agent launch, which I actually did, what do we call that? It's called an a active, challenge. a challenge. We did the challenge, a four-week challenge. We just finished it up yesterday, which was really cool. I love
1: your group, by
0: the way. It was a good, good group. Time. Yeah, it was a good group. I mean, I don't know any other groups, but <laughs> our group was really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, it was a good group. Everyone was very nice, yes. and... What's the, so tell the different levels of agent launch. So agent launch is your mentorship program, right? Since we don't want to call it coaching. And I kind of have a weird thing about that too. Like, oh, that everyone's coach and, so many people that are coaches have never even actually done the thing they're coaching. And I'm like, what are you teaching? (laughs) And I get like, you can read a book and then try to go out and help people because you're just a couple of chapters ahead. I get all that, but I'm like, still, it's nice to have some like empirical knowledge about who you're trying to teach. And a lot of them are not.
1: (laughs) So, well, like, okay. So your first question was, what's all yeah so tell
0: me like the infrastructure the framework of agent launch
1: all right so going back to russell the value ladder Mm -hmm. and he's been talking about that and i've not i've understood it but not had a practical way to develop that for a long time
0: which russell brunson is the creator of ClickFunnels. that's who he's talking about we're both big fans Uh i'm a huge super fan and still haven't implemented much because it is a big it's like a big thing to bite off of. Oh, yeah, like, it's a I mean, big apple. It is oh. so big. And to go back to your point about how you're like, it's, it's been a struggle to kind of like put these things together. Huh? I do that same thing. Like I like how people binge Netflix and I'm like, I don't really do shows, but I binge this like content and this marketing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I feel sick a little bit. Like <laughs> I've bi- Like, I feel like at that, like at Thanksgiving when you ate too much and you're just like really uncomfortable because I can't, my mind Uh cannot, there's so many good ideas and I'm just like, what do I do first? Uh And then you're a little bit paralyzed and you're just like uncomfortable, but that's the thing. It's just like such good info. Yeah. Um, So anyways, go back. But that's Russell. We love him. And but it's a big, you're right. It's a big apple. Like Mm -hmm. you got to take small nibbles of that. So you are implementing it with, with agent launch.
1: And much like you, I was just swallowing and being a sponge for all this information, but didn't really have an outlet to try to start building something. Yeah. So agent launch really started. I was talking with another lender at a different company. We wanted to bring in Ryan Serhant thinking that would be something that would be really cool and bring agents to. Who's that? The other, oh, the Ryan Serhant. Yeah. Uh, He is one of the top brokers as a real estate agent. He's out of New York City. Uh, okay. He was on...
0: Oh, he was on that show.
1: Yeah. Okay. He's
0: like the... I know who he is. Yeah.
1: He's our age, but he's got...
0: Silver hair. Silver hair. Yeah. Amazing okay. guy. Yeah, yeah.
1: So we wanted to bring him on, um, and then the other lender kind of uh, disappeared. They ghosted. So I was like, well, screw it. I still want to do something. I can't afford Sirhan. He's like, yeah, probably at this point seventy five thousand $75,000 for an Shoot. hour hour talk. So he... Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay. Okay. So, where were we?
1: Oh. So, once again, we want the event and the things that they learn to stick. Yeah. We want them to take action on it, and giving them the path, giving them the framework, is um, part of it. But at the same time, we want them to have an emotional connection to wanting to go out and serve. And, mm-hmm. and right now, the market's hard. Uh, yeah. Most agents are struggling right now, and it's it's unfortunate, kind of like what we talked about them getting pushed in the deep end. Mm-hmm. So how do we give them hope, which is once again, something that Russell's really good at. How do we make them feel like, yes, I can do this. Yeah. um, And we've knocked down their obstacles or their objections that are in front of them. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too.
0: What's your favorite, piggybacking on that a little bit, and this wasn't even one of my questions, but it just made me think of it. What's the the best event you've ever been to and why? Whether it was a big one, a small one, it was a small group, it was a mastermind, like what was an event that you went to and you were like, This was game changing.
1: Probably the first Ford event. So my coach, Neil Dingra, has his coaching thing, Ford Academy, where he does short form content coaching. He runs this event that's in Vegas every year. So this last year was the third event that he did. So the first one, it broke my four minute mile. Like Russell talks about this a lot yeah. with some of his people that he's looked to as men as his mentors. But like, it's that broke my four minute, minute mile to see a loan officer who was. Once again, I love you, Neil. But when you first start, you would admit this too—that you were a little dweeby. And once again, we all start there, but seeing this loan officer who I can really relate to who he was beforehand and seeing where he's gone in such a short period of time, that broke my four-minute mile.
0: And what Ryan means by his four-minute mile is there is- Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister. Tell him the story since you know it. So this is something that in our our marketing books that we read, because we both follow a lot of the same people, this is a story that gets told a lot, and it's a really good one.
1: Yeah, so Roger Bannister was a, he was a mile runner, a distance runner. I think this is the marathoner. Yeah. 20s, 30s, something like that. Yeah. So, up until that point, no one thought it was possible for a human being to run a mile in less than four minutes.
0: Right. It was like nobody had done it ever. Right. It just wasn't, no one thought it could ever be done.
1: Exactly. They thought it was impossible. So, until Roger Bannister made that his priority, he broke the four minute mile. The world erupted. And fast forward to now, to where 70. 100 years later i know the dates yeah but you have high school kids that break the 4 minute mile every single year
0: and the cool thing about the story was like no one had ever done it so for as long as they'd been running marathons let's say it was a couple hundred years no one had ever broke the 4 minute mile then he did it and it was only a couple years later that the next person did right. it so what he did was aside from just breaking the record, is he crashed through that belief ceiling that we all had that it was even possible. And once everybody else saw that it was possible, more people were like, well, if he can do it, I can do it.
1: And that that was was the
0: thing, yes. So it was like, it took one person to do something and then it made it possible for everyone else to believe that they could do it. Mm -hmm. And that's why that's such a good story. Yeah,
1: Uh, and once again, Neil broke my format, minute I'll go back to your question. Yeah. Uh, That was seeing what he was able to do and the impact he's able to make in other people's lives. I said, I, I got to do that. So while I was sitting there in that first event, I instantly became addicted to going to events. And I know you're a big proponent oh, yeah. of getting the hell out of town and going. And-
0: you have to do that, people. Yeah, like, absolutely. You literally have to go and invest in yourself and go to events. I, local events, out-of-town events, Like, make it part of your budget. That's it, right. it's, it's big.
1: So I'm sitting there in that event, it's like it's so excited, so charged up. I started googling what are real estate events in Ohio, and there's none. I know, like not even in the Midwest. So like you go to Tom Ferry, he's either in Texas or Florida. You go to Ryan Serhant, he's in New York.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most of the events go to Vegas, and yeah. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't yeah. gamble, so Vegas is not really that attractive to me. So it's like, okay, so why don't we just do something here? Mm-hmm. So seeing what Neil did. I am on a mission to bring that to the Midwest to help people who are here.
0: That's awesome. I love it. And he's right. There's like no events. There's none. Mm -hmm. So what was the thing though, that he broke your four minute mile of? Like, was it the short form video content?
1: Yeah. So this was during COVID. And at that point, I mean, if you know anything about me or you've seen any of my stuff, I love media. I love short form video, Yeah. but it wasn't always that way. So it was, because
0: Ryan, if you go to his Instagram, he does... Vid- how many videos a week do you post?
1: Three.
0: He posts three videos. He's got a system. Mm-hmm. He follows a framework. framework yep. Yes. <laughs> We're big on frameworks.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But you're very consistent, right? Yes. And that's part of the thing mm-hmm. with doing anything, really, is consistency, mm-hmm. right? Because then people learn to trust you because they're like, hey, there's going to be a new video on Ryan's page. and now you're like the guru. Oh, He's like the stop. local video guru. That's I, why he was over it. here giving me tech support. <laughs> and I've been to his studio to look at all of his stuff and use his shopping cart. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it was video. Okay. Yeah, so tell you me. Thank for the kind words. I yeah. that. <laughs> uh,
1: No, so uh, this was during COVID. And at that point, my wife, my two daughters, and I were just so sick of each other to where At the end of the day, we would all go to our bedrooms, and then we just needed time to decompress Mm -hmm. so we can get ready for the next day. So I I was sitting on the couch just going through Instagram, and I happened to not know anything about social media at that point. I was the kind of guy that I thought that no one wanted to see what my cat was doing. I didn't have a cat at the time, but I do now. But what I had for lunch, what's the cute thing that my kids did, they graduated. You know, people post. Right, the normal stuff. stuff. I thought that no one cared about that kind of stuff, so I'm not even going to bother. So it wasn't until I saw a video from Neil that talked about the best known will be the best. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how good you are. You could be the best doctor, the best plumber, the best loan officer, the best builder. If no one knows about you, you're going to be poor. That's
0: what we talked about in the beginning. Like the worst thing that can happen to your business is that nobody knows about you. Exactly. And McDonald's is not the best hamburger. But they sell more hamburgers than anybody else yeah, they're because consistent. they're the best known.
1: Yeah, you can go to McDonald's here in Boise, yeah. in Japan. The Anywhere. hamburger stays the same. There's a consistency. Yeah. But so it's one of those moments to where just the world gets quiet, and you you see like in movies to where they do like the parallax effect to where it's like a zoom in and like the background's fading. Yeah. I had one of those moments. So it's that was it broke. My perception of how a loan officer needs to survive in the coming years. Yeah. So, for like a year after that, I went and tried to rip off Neil's content.
0: Of course. Yeah. That's right. what you rip do. Off of <laughs> As none you know,
1: of, none of it worked No. It so around that time, Neil and I were having conversations because I reached out to him asking him for advice. He said that. I'm actually getting ready to open a coaching program. Is that something you'd be interested in? Absolutely. I was like number two in line to sign up for it. And this is my second year doing it. But I, what I didn't understand is I didn't understand the fundamentals of why he was posting and creating content in the scripting, and the lighting. So I was copying, but I, was, I had zero understanding of what he was actually yeah. doing. So coaching program is great. Once again, to your point, there are other people in our market that are in the same program with me. I'm the only one that's posting content from it on the regular.
0: And, and that's that's hard. Like we're all guilty of that, by the way. Like I, I wouldn't have you give me a little lesson and I still haven't posted any videos. But <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> but it is hard. And I've had to have some grace with myself too because I am a person that like you, like I like to consume a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm also I'm a very emotional buyer. Like I don't need to hear all of the reasons. Like once I'm already hooked and I know that something will work, like I'm like, we're ready, we're Uh done. I don't need to be sold anymore. Like I'm going to be the first one pulling my credit card out. But I also like to fully understand things. Mm -hmm. So I do have that weird like analytical side to me where like you're making the video and putting up the lights, but you don't really know why. I definitely want to know why, Mm -hmm. because I, like also enrolled in a very expensive coaching program. And they're like, just trust us, this works. This is, and they were just so transparent. The whole framework, the whole blueprint, they're like, just do it. And I'm like, but why? why? <laughs> like, why am I doing it? Like, why does it work? They're like, you don't need to know that. And I'm like, but I do. Mm-hmm. And I can't like take the next step until I know. Right. And so like even, But you know, there's money, like speed. That's another quote that we'll hear, right? Like the faster you can implement the, you know, the more money you'll make, the more success you'll have. It's like, we can always sit around forever getting ready. Mm -hmm. So I know that about myself. I'm like, I can't just be getting right. Which was the podcast, right? Like I was like, okay, I went to you. I was like, we're going to do the video. But I'm like, but I need a whole studio. I can't just, you know, make video anywhere. And I, got it together and then you helped because i didn't know what i'm doing i'm not techie but i do implement but i have had, had grace because like i know i feel guilty about it almost everything like why haven't i made any short form video ryan showed me what to do why haven't i done it so i think other people like they struggle with that it is like a big thing i get
1: it but like you said uh, money loves speed it does and um the other part of it is you're, you're, you is don't know what you know don't know until you... Do need, it. Right.
0: Yeah. So
1: like as we were setting up today...
0: We didn't know a lot we, of we, things. We,
1: we, were, we were figuring it out. We got to figure it figured out. Yeah. But now, the next time it's going to be... Easier. 10 times faster it and is. easier. It is. So there's going to be things that you have learned after episode two that yeah. you're doing that you're going to tweak and make better. So mm-hmm. keep watching. She's going to keep getting better and better. Yeah.
0: And better we
1: are. So giving yourself that grace to just know that it's a process. There is no finish line. I was telling my daughter that the other day is like, life is no finish. There's no finish line in life. You, as soon as you climb that mountain that you're climbing, the view is completely different than it was at the bottom. You're going to see the next mountain and that's your mission. So just have grace and peace that there's no finish line.
0: And to go back to Hermosi, he's like, I did my podcast for four years and uh-huh. I wanted to quit like all the time and it totally sucked but he's like the good news was nobody was listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so don't let that stop you don't worry but I think that's the big thing with video and I know it is for me and I know for a lot of women and I know for a lot of people it's like oh shoot like you want it to be perfect because you're like I don't like the way it looks like it doesn't look good or it doesn't look professional or mm-hmm. even like The lighting's not right. There's so many things that get in our way, but like to your point, it's like you're going to get better the more you do it. And I'm sure that when you first started, you weren't.
1: Oh, it was garbage. Yeah, it's just like a
0: janky video. But like,
1: (laughs) you you look back at it now, and you're you're proud of those videos because that's where you that's where you earned your stripes. Yeah. Like I can't remember where I heard this. Might be a Russellism. I don't know. But so when the Coast Guard is flying a helicopter out to go save a boat. And there's too many people on the boat for the seats that are on the helicopter. How do they make a determination of who they save first?
0: Mm.
1: It's the people that are swimming towards the helicopter. Those people get saved first. If you are not putting in the effort to try to save yourself, we're going to save the people who are. So if Neil had not put out that one video, my life would be completely different. Mm. And I think about that a lot. Like, yeah, what one video you might only get thirty views on it, but there's one person in that video that it fundamentally shifts everything for them,
0: yeah, it was the first step it was oh yeah. like and, a lifeline, yeah,
1: and that guilt of not posting, I know it seems very self serving to put out content, but that guilt of not posting haunts me
0: that is true because I've heard even in the in the thing I've heard people say to you that when you ask or I asked, I think, during the first thing of the, of the challenge. I was like, why is everyone here? Because I was just interested in learning. Cause I'm not an agent, but I work in real estate. So some of the, the stuff applies to me a little bit differently. But I was curious to why the agents were, were at the training. And mm-hmm. one of them was like, well, I see Ryan's videos. And he's like putting out good stuff. And it got all of those people there. And they needed that training. Yeah. So yeah, you just don't
1: know what door you're gonna kick open by the one right person watching your video. Even if you get 20 views on your video, who cares? It might be the one right person to watch that video. You're
0: serving 20 people, Uh so it's all about serving. Uh Yeah, I love it. Okay, so I I know that we got to wrap up here soon. Where do you see yourself in five years? You're starting this thing, and you love your job. And where where do you where do you see yourself?
1: Um, Still running a mortgage team, being or the dancing monkey, than I am right now. So hiring people who are better loan officers than I could ever hope to be, there's nothing that I could do that's more profitable than mortgage. For the amount of hours that I put in personally to the amount of income that I get out, it's highly profitable. But continuing to try to fine-tune agent launch to try to serve at a deeper, more passionate level, and just try to become the best-known agent mentor in my market and then moving beyond that. So just doing what I'm doing right now, but just at a bigger scale.
0: And then, how can people support you? They want to see more of your work, and
1: yeah, good question. So uh, I post a lot of my mortgage content on my Instagram handle. You can find you Google my name.
0: I'll put it on that. You will
1: not yeah. have trouble finding
0: <laughs> Ryan Miracle, and yep. I will put it, the info in there. Yep.
1: So um, so Instagram is a good place because you can always DM from there. If you are an agent or who are struggling and want to try to revive that vision of who you wanted to be, you can always DM me on any of the social media platforms. If you are local to Ohio or to Columbus, yeah, would love to have you join the challenge so I can support you in getting you to where you want to go. But really, other than that, just getting the word out that we're on a mission to try to help agents mm-hmm. learn the skills that they were not uh, given in real estate school. We wouldn't try to correct that ill because. The world is better when agents are better. That is true.
0: So I'm going to wrap up with uh, Ryan and I are doing an event together coming up soon, like in a little, like 10 days maybe, I think, like (laughs) August 30th. So that won't be evergreen content, Uh, but for for now it's applicable. So um, I started a group called the Builder Collective, but I didn't want today to be about that. But we are doing a group where Ryan is going to be it's a training for agents that the builder collective puts on. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to team up with Ryan because he had helped me and I visited his studio and it was totally awesome. So he's going to come in and train the the agents on doing short form video, because as we said, it's like, it's very powerful. And that's what you started doing Mm -hmm. and you have helped people and that's launched you into this agent launch, yep. very applicable. And uh, so we are going to be doing that event and I will put the info up for that as well, but mm-hmm. I'm excited. It's going to be think, good. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be very hands-on. So not just kind of lecture style, but there it's intimidating to do video. There's a the technical side to it, but uh-huh. then there's also just the performance side to it, <laughs> uh, which, you know, a well, lot of people aren't of comfortable with and yeah. I'm, you know, one of them. So I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun, but I'll put all the info for that. And yeah, I just want to thank you for no, coming great. on the first show and actually yeah. being my tech guy and getting everything set up. And, uh, and
1: happy to support.
0: There will be more from soon and from me. So, so look for it. And thanks for tuning in.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you.